Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. Uh, not a great week of news time. It's Friday, so don't really want to ruin the mood time. I'm afraid we might have to time. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, that's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wet Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Friday morning. Late Friday morning, I suppose you could call it. Joined across town by uh, our good friend, the best Tennessee beat writer on this or any other planet, our good friend, Patrick Brown. And I got to tell you, Pat... Um, we have had some, you know, throughout this pandemic, throughout this summer, there's been mostly bad news throughout the college football world. But Tennessee has been one of those rare beacons of, uh, one of those rare beacons shining bright. Uh, one of those, uh, one of those places where we've had some good news. Um, you know, you had Tennessee uh, recruiting so well. Uh, you had Tennessee's academic numbers be fantastic. You had Jeremy Pruitt uh, surprising some people by emerging as one of. Uh, the college football coaches kind of at the forefront of that fight for social justice change in the country. You've had so many really good pieces of news for Tennessee recently. Uh, not so much this week. Yeah, Wes, it's uh, it's like, you know, when you have that sign in the uh, workplace where it's like zero, you know, how many days since your last workplace accident? I think that's that's on the office, I'm pretty sure. But, uh, yeah, t- Tennessee had to go back to zero a couple times this week, and, and on Thursday they went about – four hours between hits of bad news uh so uh after yeah it, uh, i know one uh one poster on on the checkerboard on on go balls 24 7 pointed out that the uh last six uh text messages he's gotten from uh, our text alert system which if you haven't signed up for you should yes um and you can reach out to one of us to ask how to do that but uh like the last six or so have been just like bad news there's a decommitment uh, positive uh, COVID nineteen tests, uh, and then the situations that happened on Thursday. Yeah, I guess all but, in a row. You know, before I before we we get down and, and break down some of that stuff, Pat, I, I do want to say um, how how you been, buddy. Uh, I should have asked that right at the beginning. How you how you doing? Is it a good week at the uh, the the undisclosed Casa de Brown? Yeah, I got some new furniture in this week. Got a new TV set up uh, on Thursday, so pretty good times. Got a couple. <laughs> couple tvs mounted in the house now i'm mounted one of them on my own so i feel pretty proud of myself for that even though it's really not that complicated are you on are you on the in the 4k universe now yeah uh yeah smart tv the whole thing we've cut the cord don't know why we waited so long all that stuff nice nice yeah we haven't cut ours yet we, we we've done the dumb thing where we have subscriptions to a lot of these places, but we still have like our our uh, like direct tv membership because every, every time every time 
uh, my wife and I start saying, yeah, we need to pare this down. And then we're like, well, if we do that, then we'll miss that show or, or you miss that show. And it's like, you gotta, at some point though, you just gotta decide, right? I mean, we don't have kids yet, but, uh, when that happens, of course, you have to make more decisions. And, and so that's where we are. The one good thing I'll say though, uh, is that it's not like there's a lot of other entertainment to spend money on these days. Uh, so, so that's, that's been one positive of it, I suppose, is that, uh, it's not like I think we were going to go either back to the West Indies or to Ireland or to both this summer, and obviously that's not happening now. So it's like, meh, okay, might as well just keep on doing all this stuff. But back to the Vols here, Pat. I know that that the first time, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to discuss a little bit about the COVID stuff in the first segment. Then we'll go to break, come back, talk more about Pope and, and Gooden and what all that means. Uh, but the reason I'm going with the, the COVID stuff first is because uh, if you keep having a ton of tests that are positive it's not going to matter who's healthier who's on the team because you're not going to be playing football uh that that's got to come first and foremost and i know people don't want to hear about that they're tired of hearing about it i get that i empathize with that but here's the thing guys if there's not a good turnaround in this area there's not there's not going to be football i mean i wrote a column this week and, and i meant it you can believe whatever you want to believe or not believe about the seriousness of this virus and the long-term impacts of it i'm not getting into that uh, I'll just say one thing. Masks are not politics. Masks are, are going to help us. That's science. But uh, here's the here's the, the deal. No matter how you feel about this, no matter where you stand on the whole, is it this serious? Is it that serious? Should, should we shut everything down? Should we not? I'm just telling you, I'm coming straight over tackle here, and I'm telling you the truth. If these numbers don't get better, there will not be college football this fall. There won't be. I'm just throwing that out there for you. You, you can like that, not like that. It's not an opinion. Well, Greg Sankey said as much himself. Yeah, that, that's He's why I'm commissioner saying. Commissioner of the SEC. That's why so, I'm saying it. Um, and, and that's why we're starting off with this because uh, if this situation leads to there not being a season, then uh, Austin Pope undergoing another back surgery and missing a lot of time, or Emmett Gooden um, just uh, you know getting dismissed uh, with a with a really sort of unfortunate situation. Um, and it's an unfortunate decision on his part. Uh, that that stuff kind of doesn't matter if there's not a season. So. Um, but that's why we're talking about this. And, and the news this week is that Tennessee uh, sort of released some pot, some test results, but not really. They only sort said of. that they had uh, multiple tests, uh, multiple positive cases, I should say, um, across multiple sports during their latest round of testing, um, <clears throat> which was uh, just after the July 4th weekend. Um, I have heard that there are some football players involved in that. I have not heard that there's been anything that I would – uh, or what was turned to me an outbreak. Um, so I don't think it's a situation where half the team has it or uh, anything like that. And, and I think some of those guys might have already returned to workouts from, from what I've been able to gather. So in uh, Tennessee, we should say, is, is not putting out that information. And uh, it's interesting that they're not because up to this point, they've been, I don't want to say very transparent, but they've said, you know, we've heard Jeremy Pruitt say we've not had any players test, only one GA tested positive need quarantine uh the basketball program has had two players test positive and then they've been cleared and i think have returned to workouts so mm -hmm. um it, we, when you when you see that and then you say and then you see that tennessee is not getting into the specifics of the numbers it makes you think okay it might be a lot but yeah i mean um, isn't, that, isn't that where your head normally goes like right right off the bat yeah i mean it, but i've not heard that that is the case um uh, I, I don't know the exact number but i don't think it's um, as bad as maybe that change in policy has, has, uh, might suggest. So, um, 
and, 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 you know, it's not really new for Tennessee. They had two basketball players um, test positive. So this is not, uh, it's not like they're having to deal with however many positive cases there are. This isn't their first kind of rodeo with, okay, now you're implementing the protocols of, of how to isolate and, and monitor those athletes on a day-to-day basis from, you know, if you're the medical team, uh, the medical staff. Um, and so you know, you, you've kind of done this before, but now you're dealing with some more cases and, um, yeah, Tennessee up to this point had been the outlier in terms of uh, at least the football program is that they hadn't had any. Uh, yep. There's not been very many. Um, you know, I think a few programs, Notre Dame, I think Kentucky and, and Oklahoma are three that I've seen that really haven't had, but just a couple or, or none in some cases. Which is amazing when you look at Notre Dame's uh, national uh, roster. And, and, and there's, you know, and there there's also, you know, there's also other teams that have shut down workouts uh, with various numbers of, of players testing positive. Ohio State shut down briefly. Uh, North Carolina was, uh, I think, Houston, Kansas, Kansas State. Kansas State had like 14 or something like that. Miami shut theirs down this week. They only had three. Um, and then you had Clemson who had like three dozen, and they <laughs> just kept on chugging along. So, um, but, yeah, it, it's, you know, and some people say, oh, it's better they get it now than during the season. I, I don't I don't really get that line of questioning. I mean, I don't, I don't think you want anybody to. Well, because uh, the test positive for as long as you can. Yeah, the the new some of the tests that I've seen, and again, people are like, oh, you've seen a test that says this today. A test will say something else tomorrow. Okay, fair enough. Maybe uh, that that's you know, there's a lot we're still uh, medical experts are trying to learn about this thing, and I don't know. I, I've said this from the beginning, Pat. I, I'm not an epidemiologist. I don't think you are either. So I I, I, I go into I this. Can't even spell epidemiologist. Yeah, like I go into this lane only to relay information. That's the only reason that I ever get into the lane is I oh this expert said this. Okay, that 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 checks out. And and what I've seen now is is that um, you know there is hope on the vaccine, which is good. Uh, so hopefully that gets here as soon as possible. Those people at Oxford University in England and other places they're they're doing a really good job of trying to get this thing out as quickly as possible. Uh, but the troubling thing is there are multiple people out there, and I mean many people. There were people in China. Now Brazil's president's done this, who have tested positive and then tested negative and then tested positive again. So you can get this thing over and over. This is not like chickenpox where you get it once uh, and then you don't get it again. Uh, th- this is not that. This is uh, this is something that can keep coming back and coming back, and and, and the longer that keeps happening the more problems we're going to have because more people who are vulnerable are going to get it. They're going to be sick. Um, so that, that's, that's a a concern there. And I I will say this too, when Tennessee first had its round there, Pat, where they came in, nobody had, uh, no one of the football players had any positive tests that felt like the very beginning of things in Knoxville, you know, during the pandemic when it was like, Hey, not many people here have this, this is good. Well, that that just means it hadn't gotten there yet. It, it was going to come. There was no doubt about it. This is a metro area of a million people or so. Th- this thing was going to get here, and um, it's here now. And you can tell looking at the numbers locally. Uh, the Knox County Health Department, I think, has done a pretty good job uh, with their really good website of updating things every day. And you can look at numbers, and you can see, uh, I think it was as of either Wednesday, I think it was as of Wednesday afternoon, there were more active cases in the county than there were people who had already healed from it throughout the entire time. So I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. Uh, I know that when you look at those numbers, they don't look great. 
and then you had, I think, 10 of the 15 people in the county who have passed away have passed away since uh, July 2nd or something. So uh, it's not where, if you look around us, uh, in the region, the state, you see numbers that are a little bit worse than, than the ones here, which is good. But when you look at just the numbers here in a vacuum and you see how quickly they're starting to rise, uh, it gets your it gets your attention. And I think the CDC came to town a week ago today uh, and said that this was looking like a new hotspot. So nothing like what's going on in Florida, Texas, uh, those other places. But this thing is not going away. And uh, I don't think we can just sit here and wait on a vaccine and hope to play college football this fall. Active measures are going to have to be taken to do this. And Pat, the only thing I know uh, is that people have got to keep washing their hands. They've got to keep wearing masks when they go in public, stay home whenever they can. If you want football, I don't care what your politics are. If you want to watch football this fall, there's something we're going to have to do about it. Yeah, and the SEC obviously they had a, a pretty important meeting on um, on Monday with their athletic directors. It was actually in person. I think they had a socially distanced meeting um, uh, with with all the athletic directors. Yep. Yeah, they did. Uh, and, and had a conversation about you know talked about a various you know, various topics regarding uh, the season. Um, and, and Greg Greg Sankey came out and said it. it it's clear that the the current circumstances must improve um, if they're going to play and. Uh, the SEC is targeted at the end of this month as, uh, you know, they need to make a decision because practice, you know, teams are supposed to start practicing on August 7th. So you're getting close to the, um, to the start of, of, of practice and, and pads going on. So, um, and if you feel like you need to, to move to a conference only schedule and, and maybe delay a season a few weeks, that's something that, um, you know, you, you, you you're going to, the SEC, I think is going to try to determine, um, by the end of this month. Now they've already pushed back the start uh, of three fall sports seasons with, uh, soccer, volleyball, and cross country. Those seasons typically start last week to 10 days in August. So uh, they, those programs actually hadn't even released schedules for this upcoming season. So we don't know how exactly how many uh, or what games they are going to to lose by the conference doing that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Sankey has come out and, and, and he's uh, some, some of the, I, I have not listened to him, um, but I, but I've read some of his uh, some of his comments from from the Paul Feinbaum show the other day, and, and they were kind of terse and like okay, like we need to get this going. Like, um, and SEC has been really strong about pushing uh, the wearing of masks. They've been you know the SEC network's been tweeting a lot of stuff because this week would have been SEC media days, and yep, um, you know they've been tweeting a lot of picture of of all the league's coaches and masks, and, and, and they're trying to get this message across. Um, and, then, and then of course you had the NCA come out on Thursday and. and um, I think it was reported some of the the it was a rough draft of some potential guidelines for the NCA and Power Five uh, in terms of, of, of how to play a season with some of this uh, you know with COVID and, and it's like weekly testing and uh, if a player tests positive they have to quarantine for ten days uh, it, if there's con you know if you have contact with the player uh, who tested positive, you have to quarantine for 14 days. And some of the stuff just makes you think like, wait, how, how, how is that going to be possible to play a season? Cause any lineman think um, of any lineman on either side of the ball. Yeah, gets I mean, it. as much time as these guys spend together with the, the guys in their position group, if, if one guy tests positive under those guidelines, you'd have to sit the whole pos- you know, position group out. So yep. uh, a lot of things that you're just like, wait, hold on. And that's not been, I don't, I don't think that's been formally passed. Um, I think that's just been, uh, that, that version of, of the guidelines. And, and I think it's probably a, a first or at least an early version. Um, 
you know, was reported. And, and, and it, I, from what I read about it, it raised a lot more questions than it answered. Um, and, and it makes you also wonder why they weren't discussing this in May uh, as opposed to the middle of July when you've got about two, three weeks to try to get things somewhat back on track if you're going to play this season. Yeah, here's my question. Uh, I, I think what you said is the, is, is the first part of my concern there, Pat, is, is that if you play exactly, if you adhere strictly to those guidelines, anyone in your position group is going to, unless you, you socially distance every meeting room, uh, if you do all those things, then then maybe maybe you'd have a chance. But but my question is this: Let's say you are a uh, defend. You're on one of those hybrid defensive linemen, right? You're one of those guys like Aubrey Solomon who plays a lot of different roles up front. Let's say he tests positive, right? He has gone against. If he moves around in, in practice, he would have gone against almost the entire offensive line at one point or another. And, and had contact with them during practice. So if he, for instance, tested positive or somebody like that, does, does then every offensive lineman also have to go into quarantine for, for a couple of weeks and then you don't have a line of scrimmage or whatever? I, I don't, I'm not saying this because I, I hope that we don't have football. That, that, that's, people thought I was saying that earlier this week. That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is how I want to see football this fall. I want to cover football this fall. I think we'd all like to cover football this fall. But if they adhere to those guidelines, how in the world is that going to be possible? I, I just don't I don't see how if if those are the guidelines and there is no vaccine, I have no idea how they make that work. Yeah, and and again, I think the uh, from the SEC standpoint, they they are trying to uh, give themselves as, as much time as they can um, and see, you know, they've kind of been kicking the ball down down the path a little bit more uh, yeah. down the way and, and trying to, um, you know, I think the Big Ten surprised everybody with their decision uh, and, and other conferences, the ACC, Big Ten, uh, excuse me, Big 12 and SEC so far are still trying to uh, to see what they can do and, and, and give it a little bit more time to see if things maybe improve or, the curve reflattens or what have you and, and things like that. If situations improve within uh, the college programs. Um, <clears throat> and so, uh, yeah. And, and you know, it, it's, yeah, I mean, some of those guidelines are like, I mean, how, how is that, that going to work? But uh, you know, it's getting close to, to time. Um, and, and if the numbers don't improve, then the season's going to get delayed and the season getting delayed is probably the first step towards um uh, not being played at all. Um, and a couple, couple of bigger programs. Uh, I think Michigan was one of them has come out and, uh, they, they laid out some ticket policies and, mm-hmm. um, that's obviously something that fans are, are interested in. I think Michigan said that they're only doing single game tickets. So there will, will not be any season tickets and, uh, they're only going to go on sale to season ticket holders and to students. Um, so, uh, that that's, uh, and season ticket holders will have the options of, of either turning what they paid for this year's season tickets into the donation, uh, rolling it over into to the next season for 2021 or getting a refund. Um, and I think that could be sort of a template for a lot of other places to follow. Uh, and maybe the biggest thing that Michigan said was in their, their statement was like, if the season is played, they put that condition on it. So yep. um, I think Illinois came out and said 20% and, uh, of capacity. And I think that's what a lot of, uh, a lot of programs around the SEC are probably discussing as well as, as 20 to 30 percent tops. They're, they've been uh, they've had those discussions for a while about how to get as many fans in there as safe and possible, you know, as uh, as they possibly can and be safe. 
Uh, you know, we saw that, that the uh, NASCAR had a, its all-star race in Bristol the other night. Um, they had 30,000 people there, which you hear 30,000 people and you think, wow, that's a lot. But then you remember that Bristol seats 150 something thousand people. So, um, that, that would be an easy place to, to sort of set, you know, keep everybody six feet apart and still have some people in there. And, uh, and if there's a way Tennessee can do that, I think they would probably like to do that just to sort of, um, lessen the blow of what they're going to take, uh, in terms of, of a financial hit just from not having, potentially having fewer home games and potentially having, you know, 20 to 30% of, of the stadium full. So, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of questions and, and we're getting into crunch time. And, um, and, and like Greg Sankey said earlier this week, the, the rise in the cases both locally and, and across the country are, are problematic. And um, I think the SEC is going to do uh, whatever they can to try to, uh, to try to have a football season or salvage it. Um, and I think a lot of players want to play. Um, that, yeah. That's something that, that that should be. Now, I I would, you know, if I'm a player, I would want reassurances that that things are going to be done. You know, that safety is is the concern and is uh, of the utmost importance. Um, and and that's why the league or leagues, whoever's making this decision, needs to really nail down what the protocols are going to be. And again, I mentioned earlier, it's disappointing that they're doing it now. Yes, they should have done it two months ago. I mean, yes. You know, that, that's been a they're playing a soccer in Germany and England right now. They're, they're playing, playing baseball in, in Korea right now. They're doing I mean, these they're, things. Yeah, I mean, they're playing soccer in Italy, too. I mean, it's it's, you know, and, and a lot of those places developed. Um, really strict, firm guidelines and rules for protocol. Um, yes. Uh, and they've managed to, to, you know, I think those countries as a whole have done a better job because their numbers aren't going up as, as much as it are here. Uh, as they are here. So, um, yeah, if you can establish a, a set of protocols and, and make it safe, then, you know, you have a chance to play. But if, if you don't uh, and things keep going a, a certain direction, there's not going to be a season and that's going to be bad for everybody. Yeah. Uh, before we go to break here, I'll, I'll, I'll just say this. I, I, I think that there are a lot of takes on this thing, uh, and there are a lot of opinions on it, and I'm not going into those weeds. But but what I'm saying is this. If we don't have a really firm national policy on this, it's going to come down to states and local governments, and, and they're going to have to do this. But but all, all I'm saying is this. If you want to watch college football in this calendar year, you've got two choices. You can either make sure that you're following the guidelines and make sure everyone around you that you can, that you can have input on, that they're doing everything they can. Uh, you can do that, and we can have a chance to, to watch football this year. Or you can uh, you cannot do that, which is your constitutional right at this point. I am not going to tell you what to do or not do with your life. But if you do not do those things... You are, I won't say likely, but in some probability, you are contributing to the problem of not having football this fall. We all want to watch football this year. And if you tell me right now, you can wear a mask as, as much of a pain as it is. You can wear a mask. You can wash your hands. You can stay home unless you need to go out you know, to the grocery store, wherever, hardware store, whatever it is. 
and, and you the trade for that is you do those things and you get to watch football this fall. That's an easy decision for me. That's an easy decision for me. Now, what that decision is for you, that that's that's your decision. But uh, it does not matter what you think about this thing. It matters what the people in charge making these decisions think about this thing. And at the rate we're going now, then here's what's going to happen at the rate we're going now. The SEC and the other big conferences are going to have to go follow the Big Ten and Pac-12, and they're going to have to go to conference only, back the thing up. That's one. Then two, uh, it gets either moved to spring or canceled. That's where we are. This thing can still be fixed. Tennessee's been in contact this week with Neyland Stadium vendors to update them on the situation. So they're not they're they're planning on hoping on playing. Everyone's doing that. This can still work. But what 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 day is it? This is July seventeenth, I believe. Guys. It, this would normally be SEC Media Days week right now. Right now, we would be a couple weeks away from the no-doubt start of preseason camp. We would be, what, six weeks away or so from the season starting? Right now. And you can see that spike in cases. It came after July 4th when everybody probably kind of let their guard down a little bit. And that is what it is. I can't control what you do. I can't control what anyone other than myself does. I can't even, my own family, I can't tell them. But just, do you want to play? Do you want to watch football or not? My answer would be yes, I do. I think, Pat, your answer would be yes, you want to watch football. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. I that's would, what, yes. Yeah, I would. That, it, it, it's good for us. It's good for business. So um, I'm not going to preach. I'm just going to say those corny statements are what they are, guys. We can either stand six feet apart and walk together toward maybe a, a better future, or we can kind of join hands, not wear masks, and all sprint directly into oblivion and not have football this year. That's what we can do. I, I, it, do it does not matter what you think about this virus. I'm telling you, the people in charge, that's what they're doing. But uh, let's assume that that happens. Let's assume things get better and uh, that we can talk about football. And when we do that, uh, when we talk about football, uh, we got some stuff to talk about for Tennessee that might not be as pleasant. It's not been a really good week in that regard either. But uh, we're going to go pay some bills, listen to some product services, and come back and discuss that some more. Hashtag ad. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. 
Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products services and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break west rucker coming to you from fort rucker studio here on a friday morning uh, patrick brown coming to you from parts unknown in other parts of the greater knoxville area uh, i will say this he does not live next to us in old north knoxville that is the only hint that you will get today uh, we're talking about a lot of things uh, a lot of things tennessee football related not been the best week uh, for the vols for different reasons some their their issues some not quite their issues but uh, as far as weeks go, there have been better ones than this one. Before we talk about that, though, I'm going to add this quickly. If you like this podcast, which we are happy to do for free, if you like it, please go in there and subscribe to it. We love that you listen no matter how you're listening. But go in there, Apple, uh, if it's the Apple Podcast app, if it's Spotify, uh, which is doing a good job now with podcasts, trying to kind of build an empire there. If you're Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, tune in uh, wherever Google Play, wherever you're getting this podcast, subscribe to it. Please go in and rate it, rate and review it. There's nothing you can do that will help us continue growing this podcast more than if you go in there and you rate and review the podcast. It, 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 we'd love to have a five-star rating, uh, but uh, I'm not going to tell you to give us what we don't deserve. Go in there and rate it and uh, say what you like. If there's something that you don't love, do that. If there's something you want to hear us discuss on this podcast, go tell us there too. Uh, that's what it's for. Uh, that's It's the suggestion box. So please go in there and do that. Pat, we spoke a lot in the first segment about uh, Tennessee and the where things are going kind of with COVID and coronavirus nationwide, uh, regionally, and in Knoxville itself within the University of Tennessee football program. If Tennessee is able to play uh, this season, though, it will definitely play uh, without Emmett Gooden, uh, and uh, we'll see what the deal is with Austin Pope. Uh, I guess we'll go ahead and start with Pope first. That news came first. Uh, Austin Pope, who Tennessee senior tight end, has had, Pat, just an awful career in terms of staying healthy. Uh, he's had to gut through a lot of stuff. He's just his body has, has, has betrayed him several times. Uh, he's mostly been able to stay on the field, um, but I don't think he's ever been quite the player that he could be uh, in part because he's always had some some issues, and he has now had another issue, uh, another herniated disc the in the L3, L4 region, which for those of you like me who suck at science, that's really lower back, near the uh, near the, the butt bone down there. Uh, that That's pretty far down there, so lower back issue, not good. Uh, Pat, you heard anything on that in terms of time frame or what the deal is? Because I'm still working on it. Well, if anybody had any... Uh, re- if anybody had any inklings that you might have any sort of uh, doc, uh, doctoral um, acumen, you saying butt bone has eliminated that for everybody. Um, well, the something bones connected to the butt bone. Well, it's not called that. I don't know what it's called, but it's not called that. Um, yeah, it, it, Pope came out on Twitter uh, on Thursday and said that he'd been dealing with some nerve pain in his lower back. He got an MRI on Monday. Uh, results were uh, less than ideal, and he had to undergo – uh, surgery, uh, on Thursday morning. And this is his second back surgery, uh, within a couple of years now. Um, I think it was two years ago, uh, that he, uh, 
uh, I guess that would have been 2018 that, that yeah. he had to deal with that and, and work his way back from that. Um, uh, and uh, he was pretty frank in his tweet about how this is, you know, it kind of hit him hard just from a, a, a mental and psychological standpoint. Cause it's, you know, uh, and, and you can understand that for athletes that, you know, they have an injury, they work their way back from it. They, you know, think they're healthy and then it, it comes up again. And in this situation for him, it's a, it's a different herniated disc uh, in his back, which, um, I'm not, I'm not sure how old he is. I don't have that pulled up in front of me, but he's obviously not, he's obviously still pretty young and have two back surgeries already. Um, you know, it's, it's just really unfortunate for him, uh, and, you know, in a tough situation for him, but he, he's, you know, he's a tough guy. Uh, I think he, um, I think he's, he's proven that to this coaching staff, uh, in the past. Cause I remember, I think his first spring, he, he, I think his hand or wrist was banging up pretty good. And I don't recall him missing any practice time. Uh, we've talked about this before, but uh, every time I practiced last season, it seems like he had had a wrap or a brace or something on, on just about every uh, limb. Yeah, look, look like look like Jax from Mortal Kombat or something. Yeah, like he was like made. Bi- of, he was he, yeah. he was like the Bionic Man. And I think he said in in Jacksonville right before the Gator Bowl that he he was playing with a partially torn hamstring for some of the years. So, um, and this is all while he was really a, a kind of a tough blue collar. Uh, doing the dirty work kind of player for Tennessee's offense. And uh, for anybody that's thinking, ah, they'll be fine with him. He, you know, he only had four catches last year or whatever. Uh, that, that's missing the point because Oscar Pope was very important to Tennessee's offense last season. A lot of times uh, on a run play, wherever he went, the ball wasn't too far behind him. So um, and they were going to need him because behind him, they are, it's a mystery for um, in terms of what, uh, you know, what Tennessee has at tight end. So they're, they're, they're not very deep there uh, and they're hardly, experience you know they're hardly experienced at all back there so um it, it it's gonna be interesting it sounds like pope's gonna be out a while from from what i've heard uh, if there is a season uh, i don't i don't have an exact timetable but um that it's uh it could be a real blow for tennessee if they if, if there is a season because he's he's obviously an important player and uh maybe a guy that they could least afford to lose for a stretch because he's like i said there's not a lot behind him um and, and uh so, you know, you hate to see it for him uh, and you hope that, that he gets better out of this situation and, and comes back healthy and, uh, and not just, you know, if he wants to continue his football career, but just for life in general, you don't want, you know, uh, you don't want him to be dealing with a, a life of, of herniated discs and, and ongoing back problems because uh, that would obviously not be ideal for, for him in his future. Yeah. As someone who's got a uh, Shireman's disease, I can tell you that you do not want uh a bad back with wedge fractures and disc problems and all that. It is, it is not fun. And uh, you end up being a walking pharmacy in some ways. So you don't, you don't want that. I'll say a couple things quickly about, about Austin Pope, Pat, you, you mentioned most of the, you mentioned the most important stuff. I, I'm going to add this, just two things. Uh, one is that we talk a lot about Trey Smith and his situation, everything he's been through uh, with, with his, blood clotting issues uh, coming off the heels of him losing his mother when he was in high school. Well, Austin Pope's kind of a scaled down version of that same story. He has been injured throughout his career, not with any life-threatening blood clot issues, but he's had some serious uh, football injuries. And uh, this is also a guy who, who he lost his father uh, to cancer, brain cancer, I believe uh, when he was in high school uh, just about five, six years ago. So he's been through a lot the past few years. This is a kid who, uh, by all accounts, by everyone in the program, seems to believe is a great kid. I've never heard anything bad about him. Uh, he, he goes in, he works hard, he tries to do his job. Uh, he's ended up, despite not being 
quite the receiver they, they thought they might get. I, I imagine health's had something to do with that. Despite not being that kind of player, he has gone full on in, in terms of being unselfish and being just a great lead blocker, a great pass protector. He has done his job. Uh, now, they'd like him to do more stuff, but but he has, as Pat said, wherever the ball was going last year, that's usually where he was going in the run game. So uh, he is really important. He is a player that they just could not afford to lose. Uh, but he's also been through a lot. I wanted to throw that out there. People think of these guys as just kind of these these sort of just you know gladiators who you know just go out there and play ball, and that's the only time you see them. No, they're not. They're humans like the rest of us. You cut them, they bleed. And he's been through a lot, and and I hope the best for him because that's just he he's he's had more than his fair share of things to deal with. Second thing is this: we said last year, and I'll cop to this, Pat. I said. The day that Emmett Gooden got hurt last year, I said, well, there goes the defensive line and there goes the running defense because I, I, I did not think they had enough uh, to kind of keep that thing bottled up without him sitting there on the nose. They ended up doing that a lot better than, than we thought they would. So we're sitting here today, July 17th, saying, what in the world are they going to do without Austin Pope? Because you you look at the guys behind him and there's not a lot of experience there, uh, there there's just not you know there there, there there there's just not and so I don't know why that kept playing, um, but uh, you just wondered are they gonna be okay there and they ended up being okay so now we're sitting here looking at Austin Pope and we say okay. Not a lot of experience behind him. That's a bad-looking situation. They, if they could get a last-minute transfer or something like that, that would be ideal. Uh, but if not, this changes their offense a little bit unless some guys step up. You've got uh, uh, you know, uh, guys like Jordan Allen who, are, who moved over to that position, um, You know, former edge defender there on defense. You, you, you've got uh, a couple of young guys there who redshirted last year. Uh, you've got guys like Jacob Warren. You've got – uh, obviously, Princeton fan is a guy who can do a lot of different things, but you don't have a guy who has proven capable of doing anything the way Pope's done it in the running game and other things like that. So we're sitting here saying, how do they do that? We said this same thing last year about Gooden, and they ended up being okay. So, you know, that's the thing about it. Sometimes necessity being the mother of invention and all, when you need somebody to do something, they step up and find a way. So I, we all should have learned a lesson last year. No, I did. That hey, you, you never really know. Um, you know, the, when when Jamal Lewis goes down in '98, people are like, oh well, that's that sucks for the running game for Tennessee. There goes that championship run. Well, obviously it didn't happen. They were they were okay without him. So you can if you can find another way. It's just this. Well, I don't know that they have any Travis Henrys or Travis Stevens is coming up. Oh come on. Position. Come on, Pat. Uh, uh, so uh, we'll start there. But uh, yeah, I mean, and, and what's difficult to me is uh, you can say, oh, you can hide, you know, a tight end position. You just don't play him. Well, if you, that's that's just sort of a, a cop-out sort of way to, to try to approach this. Uh, Jim Chaney, everywhere he's gone, you look at the tight ends he's produced, Michael Rivera, Hunter Henry, uh, Isaac Nada, Georgia got drafted, you know, Dominic Wood Anderson, uh, Got a got a free agent deal in the NFL. So, uh, and I think Charlie Warner might have he might have gotten drafted too, and changed coach him at Georgia as well. So, uh, he's always loved his tight ends. He's always loved playing, uh, throwing on the ball. He's always loved playing two of them at a time. Um, 
and it was already kind of i don't want to say dicey but it was already sort of like okay it was going to be pope and who else we don't really know um and now with, with pope sideline for what could be an extended period of time uh i, I don't know how they're going to do that are they going to ease some guys in are they going to go with some six offensive line men formations potentially um you know to you know do they move somebody? Do they go after a grad transfer? Uh, conveniently, there was one that came on the market, I think, earlier this week from Central Michigan, Tony uh, Poljan. Uh, and, and he was, I think, an all all Mac selection. Uh, but he's already committed to Virginia. Uh, and now that's a commitment. It's maybe not binding. But um, if you're Tennessee, you're, <laughs> you might still be calling him and saying, hey, you know, give us a look. You could probably start right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, you mentioned those guys fan, I think was probably going to be the next guy in line. Um, you know, Warren is an interesting, uh, case cause he's, you know, looks like a pretty good athlete. He's six, six in the two forties. Now he's worked really, really hard over the past two, three years to great catch radius to get bigger. Uh, he's, I think could be a pretty good option in the passing game, but can he hold up as a blocker? And that's, I, I think that's what, you know, we've heard Jeremy Prude say, bunch of times that that's what they want first and foremost at the position is a guy that can put you know put his hand in the dirt get the job done as, as a blocker and that's tough to do um you know you're 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 usually a 240 250 pound guy and you're having to block uh bigger defenders and um and you've got to win because you're you're just as much part of the offensive line as, as the you know as anybody and uh if the five offensive linemen are doing their job and you miss your block as a tight end or if you're the lead blocker and you miss a guy in the hole that play's not going anywhere so um, it, it's an important position and, and, you know, to compare to the defensive line last season, it, it's sort of a different position because you can rotate guys in on the defensive line. Um, but if you're Tennessee, you're, you're, you're hoping that, uh, I think you're probably hoping that these guys will develop as they get game time. Cause if you're going to keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to have to play those guys and you have to let them kind of sink or swim, um, and go from there and hope they develop. And, and Tennessee had to do that last year on the defensive line. Uh, it was really bumpy the first month of the season. It looked like they you know, weren't going to be a very good team against the run, but then, you know, by October and late in November, they were, they were a pretty decent run defense and actually were better against the run in 2019 than they were in 2018. So, um, but yeah, I think this, I think this is a blow. I think I had Pope, I think 11 on my countdown of the 20 most important players, which some people have pointed out that every time I do that, at least two or three guys on that list get hurt or have a suspension or what have you. Um, Way to go. I'm still going to do it though. I'm still going to do it every year. So y'all just have to deal with it. Uh, I'm not apologizing. I like it. Um, it's not my, you know, it's not, uh, it's not in my control. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that was accurate just because, you know, Pope is a guy that could, they really couldn't afford to miss. And so um, it's a tough blow for Tennessee and, and it's tough for Pope because he's, you know, this is not his first rodeo with this. And, uh, and you just show from a, from a human standpoint that, uh, that he gets better, gets healthy and, and goes on to uh, either continue to play football successfully or at least have a, uh, a relatively, you know, safe future in terms of not having any more uh, health problems with his back. Yeah, be able to, like, if you have kids one day, to pick them up and play with them and stuff. You know, that, yeah. that stuff's important. So, yeah, I, I would make one prediction before we move on to Gooden. I'll also say this. I would be shocked now if there weren't some packages Tennessee had where, uh, like, Riley Locklear and Jameer Johnson go into games with two jerseys, and uh, sometimes they wear the tight end jersey and they go out there as and line up at tight end and they're just a blocker. Uh, I think you're going to see some stuff like that now. Maybe someone like a Cooper Mays could do that too. We'll see. But uh, I, I think that I would look at guys like Jameer Johnson and Riley Locklear as guys who could do that 
Uh, I think at least one, if not both of them, has done that before where they've kind of switched jerseys and gone out there and been a, an extra blocker at tight end sometimes. I think you might see something like that now. Uh, it's possible for Tennessee. So we'll see. Uh, and again, we don't know exactly what the, the layoff is for for that injury now with Pope. I don't know. I mean, anytime you hear back surgery, you go, ooh, but doctors are really good these days, and, and Tennessee's medical staff in terms of getting guys back is pretty good. So we'll see what that duration is. Uh, we'll, we'll work on getting you that information. Uh, it's probably an open-ended thing right now. Uh, they probably don't know exactly. Uh, they're just taking a guess. But uh, if they make that guess public or they want to tell us, we will get that to you. Before we get out of here, though, we also have to discuss uh, the situation with Emmett Gooden, who I just mentioned a moment ago, who we touched on in the first segment. Uh, a guy who might have been Tennessee's best defensive lineman last season, but he tore an ACL in camp and he ended up not being able to play. And the big storyline going into this year had been, wow, they get every defensive lineman back and they get Emmett Gooden back on top of it. And, man, I mean, with Emmett Gooden there and Solomon there playing on the nose and moving around, they can do some things. Well, uh, Emmett Gooden's Tennessee football career seems to be done, uh, and if these reports are accurate, it should be done. Uh, He was arrested after an off-field incident uh, where, again, we weren't there. So I, I can only tell you what the report says. Uh, there was an altercation, uh, and he allegedly took a candle, like a like a candle jar, and uh, hit a woman in the side of the head with it. So that's bad that he was charged with a felony. We'll see. We'll let the process play out. Uh, but, Pat, when, when Tennessee takes a situation like that, Pruitt's been pretty good before uh, about saying, wait, let's hear this out. Let's let's wait until let's let the police handle this. Like with Bryce Thompson's situation, he suspended him, but he said, "Hey, let's let this process play out." I'm not sure exactly what happened here, uh, and that ended up being a um, not not as bad as people thought it was. Uh, you look at this Gooden thing; he was taken off the roster like in record time, as, as Pat said, as you said last night in our in our group text. Uh, they expunged that pretty quickly. So I'm guessing they feel like, well, this is this is just not something that can be uh, softened. Yeah, you mentioned it, and that that was going to be um, that was going to be my main point is that we've seen Pruitt take sort of a uh, I don't want to say a wait and see approach, but you know, a process of, of yeah. letting the legal you know let the legal process play out before making a decision. You know, somebody gets arrested, you. Uh, you know, suspend and definitely, and then go from there. Uh, yeah, this this was a, this was apparently a pretty swift uh, decision. So um, that I think that tells you, unfortunately, everything you you need to know about this situation. And, and you know, it's tough to read the details of it because it's like, you know, like what is he thinking? Um, you know, and and it could have been worse. I mean, he's six three, two hundred ninety pounds. He's a big guy. Um, and so uh, the. Uh, you know, the, the girl in the situation needed stitches at UT Medical Center, um, and that's that's obviously not a great situation. And, and it's really unfortunate that that players, when when these have when these situations happen, that they uh, throw everything away for you know a dumb decision at a dumb moment. And um, and and so yeah, you, you hate to see it uh, because you know Gooden was a guy who was, like I said, trying to work his way back um, from his knee injury. All indications were that he was going to be healthy. I think Tennessee probably would have eased him in. I don't think they would have played him 50 snaps a game right off the bat just because that could be kind of tricky coming off knee injury plus what they have. Um, 
<clears throat> elsewhere on the defensive line, particularly at his position. Uh, but, you know, he had a chance to go and, and play himself into in an NFL contract this year. That's, yep. that's the reality of it. And, and now that that's off the table and um, it, it's a, you know, without knowing all of the detail, details of the situation, it seems like it was pretty avoidable uh, to me. So um, it's unfortunate for him and, and Tennessee will just have to, to kind of move on without it. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this. I, I, I have a, uh, everyone's got a different policy on this. Mine is that these are young men. Uh, there's a lot of testosterone and this is at a time in their lives when they're trying to figure out who they are as people. They're out there. They're not going to be perfect. You're going to see incidents. And I'm not normally, in, in a lot of cases, I'm one who says, no, just listen. Do you really want a kid to throw away his life for this? Let him take his punishment. Let him go away for, you know, six months or a year. Let him, you know, run stadium steps until he can't breathe anymore, basically. I mean, just do whatever you got to do to get the point across that, that this is not acceptable behavior. But in most cases, I say, nah, you don't, don't, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's let let's let's look at this from a different way. I draw a very firm line in the sand on violence with women. Uh, that to me is something that absolutely cannot be tolerated. I think that's a first strike, you're out policy. Um, there are just some things you cannot do, uh, and that is near the top of the list. Any sort of assault whether it be, you know, um, whether it be a sexual assault or whether it be a, uh, just a physical assault in another way, I just, you can't have that in your program. You, you, you just can't. And that's, that, that's got nothing to do with, you know, the me too movement and all that, that, that's just, that, that's, I've always felt that way. That is a common sense thing. You cannot have that in your program. So, uh, I, I'm not going to say, Oh, I'm glad they did this. Uh, but, because there's nothing to be glad about in this situation, but if if what is on that report is accurate, uh, then then he should not play another down at Tennessee. I mean, that's just that's that's how it goes. Uh, before we get out, Pat, we will mention this though. It's worth mentioning that everyone else on that defensive line came back, and that defensive line ended up being a pretty solid unit next year. You you can't sit here and say that they're better without Gooden than they would be with Gooden. You you can't say that, uh, but. A lot of those guys are getting healthier. They'll have another year out there of experience. Uh, I know that even someone like, um, you know, uh, Savion Williams, uh, he had a surgery last year in the middle of the year, and, and that wasn't really publicized a ton, but he was banged up. And, and so now we see maybe that's why he didn't have the impact he thought he could have. So one of the reasons. So they have guys. They have the same exact group. They still could be okay, right? Yeah, Um uh, I think they're probably in a much better situation to handle not having good in this year compared to last year. They've got a couple solid players at the nose. Uh, Greg Emerson and Karat Garland were, were the main guys there last year. I think what losing good does is maybe takes a little bit of the, um, the potential off. Cause when yeah. he was good, he, he, he could have been something that they maybe didn't have in terms of a guy that can really sort of wreck everything on his own. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, it was sort of, and I've talked about this before, but Tennessee's defensive line was sort of its quality was its quantity. Its quality was that it could, you know, it could roll five, six guys into a game. They were pretty solid. There wasn't a lot of, you know, wasn't a huge gap between them. There wasn't a, really a drop off. Uh, and in those situations, they got <clears throat> a lot of guys to step up and, and make plays at different times. Uh, as opposed to having that one dominant Derek Brown type who 
kept opposing offensive coordinators up at night. Man, he's I think so, Gooden could have been so good. I don't think he would have been Derek Brown or even really in that stratosphere because the guy was what just a, the number seven overall pick. But yeah, the guy's a monster. Um, <clears throat> but he he could have been a guy that was could have been a real disruptor in the middle of the line. Um, and, and you know you put him with Middleton and Aubrey Solomon as a potential starting three. That's a pretty good starting lineup, and you got a lot of a lot of complimentary players around him. So uh, they're just going to need other guys to step up as they did last year. And uh, like I said, I think they are in a better situation. Emerson, you know, d- did some good things last year. Garland really came on late in the end of the season. Uh, they could play Aubrey Solomon there if they wanted to, I think, and, and maybe play some different guys on, on, on at the end spots. But uh, losing Gooden hurts. But uh, I would say that if we're comparing losing Gooden to losing Pope, um, I think I think Pope is the bigger hit, but um, you know the Gooden situation is just it's really unfortunate, and, and it has to you know if I were a coach, I'd be shaking my head that this that this situation happened, and um, and it was entirely avoidable, and, and you really like I said, you hate to see it, but like I said, Tennessee's got to move on without him, and, and fortunately for them, they are in a situation where they have a lot of depth on the defensive line, and uh, and. I think should be okay in the long run because they just played a whole season without him and now they got to do it again. So it doesn't really, you know, from that standpoint, it doesn't really change much. It, it is maddening to think that these guys can work so hard over so many years, uh, whether it be, you know, uh, on the field or, or in the strength and conditioning program, all, all that summer running that they have to do, uh, making sure that their grades stay up in the classroom, uh, doing, you know, changing the, their diet. They just put so much into this game. And for for all of that to be expunged by one really idiotic decision, it, it's hard to fathom. Uh, it, it's hey, there's one judge, it ain't me. But I just don't get it, man. Uh, I don't I don't get it how how these things can happen. It, it's just you know you got to control your temper. You, it's not worth it. It's unfortunate though. That's where. That, that can cost you. Let that be a lesson to a lot of other guys too. You you can uh, you can think that you um, have the kind of the world by the tail, um, but you got to do your part. You, you got to behave. You got to be a functioning member of society. You can't do these things. So um, it's unfortunate, but Tennessee is where it is now, and it's going to have to to move on. Pat, is there anything else? I know that there was some basketball stuff that we can discuss maybe next week when we get Ramy back on the pod. We'll talk more about the guys in the bubble. Um, you know, Williams, Schofield have a chance to to do some things. Alexander, all those guys look like they might get to play bigger roles uh, to to end the regular season at least. So there's some some news there. Um, there's some news uh, Tennessee, you know, recruiting with Ryan that we can get to with Ryan Callahan. We, we can get to early next week as well. Um, I, I don't know that there's anything else big that's out there though. Uh, I don't either. Uh, I think we're all just waiting to see what happens with the season and hoping for the best. I think that's a good place to leave it. Thanks, Pat. I think Pat gave me a thumbs up there. I can't really see on the Zoom. It's blocking me. Pat, did you give me a thumbs up? Yeah, he did. I did give you a thumbs up. Guys, thanks for tuning in. As always, you can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Uh, or uh, you can also find him at uh, Arsenal Beat Liverpool on Twitter. Uh, you can see... Uh, get Ryan Callahan at Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Or if you want Tennessee news 
nothing but Tennessee news. Uh, none of our personal stuff. None of none of me mentioning once again that Arsenal beat Liverpool. You can get that at twitter.com slash govals247. Or if you want to go to Facebook and do that, Grant does a great job running our Facebook page there at facebook.com slash govals247. Or you can go directly to the source, get that delicious East Tennessee Mountain spring water right from the tap. You can go to govals247.com, the best site on anywhere, the best site anywhere on Al Gore's internet to discuss Tennessee football, to get Tennessee football news, Tennessee basketball news, recruiting news in both sports, Tennessee baseball, all the lady ball sports, administrative news, everything, everything we have for you all the time at govals247. I'm telling you, without sports, without live sports, college sports this summer, the amount of content we're turning out on a regular basis, I am I am bragging on the rest of the guys here. The guys on this staff, uh, the guys in our network, everyone has done their part, and it's been awesome because we've been able to, to find ways to keep bringing news to you. Last thing, please subscribe to this podcast. Please rate this podcast. We enjoy doing it. We're happy to do it for free, free of charge. Everyone gets it. One thing we ask in return please go in there and rate and review it. Please, nothing you can do will help us more than that. So please go in there, rate and review. Takes you about, oh, two minutes to do that. And what else are you doing right now? You're staying at home, right? Because you want to have football this fall, like we all do. Unless there's breaking news, guys, I think that's going to be it. We'll probably, probably you'll hear from us again, I assume, uh, Monday around lunchtime. Pat, you got any final thoughts? Yeah, what, uh, is Arsenal get a trophy for that win? Huh. It's not the one that Liverpool will be lifting next week. <laughs> That's true. I'll let him get away with that, too, because what he just said is true, and I have to, I have to live with that. See y'all, if nothing else, on Monday. See ya. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.